with a vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about feeling confident as a clinician. Heather, can you think of some times that you felt confident either as a clinician or outside of being a clinician? Often, I feel most confident when I've had enough experience to then see where I came from. To look back, one story I can think of in particular actually has nothing to do with counseling, but it was when I learned backpacking. And at the beginning, I was like, what is this we're doing and why? But then being able to hike in the mountains and get to places you hadn't seen before, like there was Mm -hmm. so much payoff and so much benefit. I was easily signing up for the next backpacking trip and the next one because Mm -hmm. it was just an experience that I was like, oh, I really can hike seven miles. Like Mm -hmm. that's not so scary anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think it works the same clinically when you have a certain client come in and as you work through the issues, the next time that comes up, you're like, I've been here before. I maybe know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. What Trying to think about times when I felt confident, I also thought of times where it didn't have to do with counseling. One of the examples that I give when I'm playing feelings checkers with kids, yes. if I land on confident, mm-hmm. I tell kids about when I was pretty young and swimming competitively, I had this routine that I would follow right before a race. I would stretch, get myself a little bit excited, and then at the beginning of every single race, the official would say, swim Swimmers step up, swimmers take your mark, and then they would shoot off the blank and then right. that meant go. But at each one of those steps, I would do something preparing myself and feeling confident. So when they said swimmers step up, I would step up and I would put my hands on my hips, kind of like Tinkerbell, and I would look on both sides. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I would think, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to beat you. And I would get myself right. really excited. Perfect. I use that as an example when I'm playing feelings checkers with kids. It really helped me to feel confident, ready, prepared. Mm-hmm. I think another example, another swim team example actually probably in high school my teammates would tell me that they actually joined the swim team because of me oh and I would think why it it struck me or I remember this because it was a couple of different friends different times separate from each other and they told me well you just made it look like so much fun Ah. you just made it look like you loved doing it and so we thought well that looks cool I want to do it too I think like I conveyed a confidence when I was doing that that I was having fun that I was well excited Right. I mean, a component to being confident in something, generally speaking, maybe tend to like it or you enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah. How that translates to counseling, I don't know. I don't know if I'm walking around like Tinkerbell <laughs> With your hands as, on a, hips. as a counselor. <laughs> um, I'm not, Maybe I am in some way. Heather, do your letters or your credentials bring you confidence? I think sometimes that can bring you confidence, I guess. I don't know that I rely on it too much, but I think especially when people, like I know even in social context, people will ask me my opinion on like a 2020 story or on a parenting issue Mm. or something like that just because they're curious Mm. about my thoughts on it. So they look to you as an expert. Maybe when I don't want to (laughs) be. Sometimes in some ways it's confidence building that people see you as an expert or people see you as a professional. Right. I don't think my letters bring me confidence. I think like you were describing before. You have a lot of them. Yeah. (laughs) So I've I've tested the theory. Um, I don't think that they're, they're my source of confidence. But I do think like you were describing before, if I can think about a time where I felt really impactful Right. in a situation or with a client, then I think that brings me some confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I have a box that I keep and it's kind of like little mementos, right. like a 
nice little thank you card or a cute picture a kid drew Mm -hmm. or something like little pieces of things of clients that have come and gone. I can remember, actually, I got an email from my mom. I don't remember what how long ago I saw them, but at the five-year mark, she sent me an email and she said, I have this day set in my calendar, so it reminds me every year that this was the day when we met you. Okay. And she said, and I just wanted to let you know how many things have changed and how much better we're doing. Fantastic. That, yeah, that went inside my box. Right. I printed it out right. and put it in there. That's the kind of thing that might no, brings I, me confidence. I agree so much. I, I am not near as intentional as you are about it, but I do have one card that I carry with me that a client, and it was a young adult client, handmade, and when they gave it to me, they said, did you know there is no appreciation cards for counselors? And I thought, hmm. hmm. And so they made their very own like appreciation card, kind of, and it was not at the end of their therapy. It was kind of in the middle, uh-huh. like just to say, I appreciate everything we've worked through. And I purposefully kept it in my work bag just so every once in a while I would come across it and be mm-hmm. reminded. So I do think you're right. That's some way that like it builds my confidence to see it. Like that was really hard when Mm -hmm. that card was given to me. Heather, how do you see confidence and supervisees that you're working with? I think that's one of the greatest things that we get to witness when we're working with supervisees. The first month we're working with them, there's lots of questions and lots of, did I do this right? Like that look of approval. And then we to see that growth. And I think that growth that we see is confidence. That is them building their confidence within our field, Mm -hmm. knowing they can handle the next angry parent that they have to deal with or the next tough situation. You know, we didn't talk much about our lack of confidence. Right. But I, I'm I'm sure that it's there for us, both of us sometimes. A, a time where I see confidence or lack of confidence in supervisees is when I realize, and sometimes it sneaks up on me and I don't know that my supervisees are doing this, but when I realize that they are spending all of their free time reading yes. counseling books, mm-hmm. going to trainings, trying to find CEUs when they don't even need CEUs right. yet. I could probably name off a couple that I've worked with recently or in the past that did that and just really wore themselves out, mm-hmm. almost got to the point of burnout just from trying to absorb so much. Right. And I think in a helping profession, it seems to be the idea or the climate that like, there's always so much more to gain. There's always so much more learning. I mean, I find myself sometimes falling into, ooh, I really liked this CEU that I did. And I want to continue searching out all of them in that area just because I find it intriguing. But you're right, trying to absorb all of that and trying to put it all into practice when sometimes we go to CEUs that maybe we don't even have that kind of clientele in our practice. Maybe Mm -hmm. we just find it something new to learn. I don't think that going to a ton of CEUs or reading a ton of things has always resulted in them feeling more confident. It's like this endless journey or search Mm -hmm. for something that they can't quite put their finger on. Ah, okay. I wish they would slow down. Personally, I feel when I need to research a topic and then I go and do research, I'm like, oh, okay, good. Well, I think though, Heather, what you just described or the difference between what you described and what at least these supervisees that I've worked with before have been doing is that you are, you used the word intentional earlier, you are intentionally finding the information that would be useful or that you seek out the CEU that would be most helpful to you in that situation. But if you're just trying to absorb all of it and everything all the time, then I think it's just overwhelming and you don't find the answer you're looking for. It doesn't necessarily make you feel more confident as a clinician. And I can also see, especially early on, maybe when you're just out of school, that that model of like searching 
and searching and searching, it, you're you're missing what you're looking for. You're, you're trying mm-hmm. to get that information, but you're trying to absorb so much of it, you're missing the actual simple thing that's right in front of mm-hmm. you. So the article we read this week, Heather, is A Path to Clinical Confidence Found in the Psychotherapy Networker, March of 2020. And it includes a model for building confidence. And they use an acronym REPAIR, R-E-P-A-I-R, mm-hmm. which stands for Risks, Emphasize Your Voice, Persist, Act, Initiate, and Rewire. What we're discussing, uh, supervisees finding their confidence, this is a model that they can use in order to build their confidence as a clinician. Right. So it does mean persist, act, initiate. That's going and finding those resources. Mm -hmm. But I think this model describes, too, that there are other steps involved. If you stop with going to every CEU you can find Mm -hmm. and reading all the books, if that is your entire plan to build confidence, you might not reach it. Right. But that there are other steps that can help you achieve that confidence as a clinician. You spoke a little bit, I think, about times when you have seen that kind of light bulb moment or, aha, now I feel confident. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you described a supervisee feeling prepared or confident to speak to a parent or handle a tough situation. I think that when I see that shift in supervisees, they experience communicating effectively and then they start to go, oh, that's how you do that skill. Also feeling you've got this. This is your session with this client together. You're working through these things. And as you do, what you're doing is more important than how you got there and what you did and all the missteps you thought you took. Like Mm -hmm. as you're talking through sessions or what they did in a session, as you see that growth, they shift away from, was that what you would do? Looking Mm -hmm. for that reassurance Mm -hmm. to, I did this and feeling like they owned it a little bit. As you're talking, I'm thinking about as a supervisee, our role in nurturing that process, I think can or should include helping supervisees to find clients they can have those moments with. Right. I know I can think of some supervisees who are just thrown into their work setting and get a lot of really tough clients Mm -hmm. or clients where not that we can anticipate all the clients that will have a nice conclusion to counseling or will have some nice growth in counseling. But when we can, we want to help our supervisees have those types of opportunities. Right. Where that we can kind of hand deliver them a client that they will have some of those Those successes successes with. Heather, let's talk a little bit about giving feedback. What are some ways that you like to give feedback or that you either you like to give it or you like want someone to give you feedback in this way? So giving feedback. When I give feedback, I try really hard to note what I agree with. Like I try to find the thing that was really positive in Mm -hmm. it, especially if I have to give not necessarily criticism, but like, did you think of this? Like I I want you to go deeper or I want you to um, explore that further. So I try and always find the one thing that I think was done correct Mm -hmm. or really Mm -hmm. well, or maybe even mention like, oh, that reminds me of the other client you had when you did this, like Mm -hmm. kind of letting them see their pattern maybe of Mm -hmm. like, these two things go together, even if you wouldn't think necessarily they belong together. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I like to look at the overall picture and let like always reminding them where they like how it was three months ago and like letting them see how much it's changed or how much the shift has happened. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think you're describing this, but maybe this this is just one step further. Sandwiching feedback. Yes. So you describe yes. like starting out with something positive, supportive. Well, not that it's all, not all supportive, but something positive, putting the constructive part, right. the please change, please try this differently next right. time in the middle mm-hmm. and then ending with another positive. Right. Um, something that I like to do, and I think this is true with sandwiching feedback and with other ways of giving feedback. I think 
making it process collaborative. Yes. Like even saying, uh, this is something I think you did really well. What did you think? Mm-hmm. It's got their voice in there too, right. that it, it's right. not just me telling them, but a piece of them is included in this feedback. So collaborating, but also something I like to do. I don't know how many people would say that they really love uh, doing rounds or doing staffing, mm-hmm. but I really do. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite parts about doing that is that when someone leaves counseling or discharges from a treatment facility, that the team making it a collaborative effort, someone else gets to bear witness Mm -hmm. to what we're saying. When someone leaves, we talk about something that maybe the individual clinician did well, but sometimes also something the entire team did well. Okay, this person's discharging. What did we do that was a home run? Right. What did we do that worked really well for this person? And we're pretty proud of the work that we did. Mm -hmm. And then the constructive part. Right. And I'm careful not to say what what was bad or what did we do wrong. Right. But instead I say, and what's something that we're going to grow on? Mm -hmm. Or what did we, what was an opportunity that we had to learn with this client? Right. So that the next time we'll do it differently, maybe. Right. I love that part. And I think like the whole team gets excited to say, I think we really did this well. So it's, you know, a team effort to give and get that feedback. Well, and more voices building the same message builds Mm -hmm. confidence. Mm -hmm. I think that is part of the repair model that we mentioned already. Heather, do you ask for feedback of supervisees or clients? And how do you do that? I do sometimes and I was realizing after I read the article sometimes I do it really well mm-hmm. and then lately we've been in this telehealth time I'm not sure I've done it at all and I'm not sure what the connection is there one of the things that I do with clients midway through what I think is our time together I feel like this is going really well and maybe sometimes it's a it's a conversation about like reducing the number of sessions or maybe a clients gotten too comfortable and it's a gentle nudge to like still keep working on mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know said topics mm-hmm. but I do think that I do ask for feedback especially if I think things are kind of like floundering or maybe they've tapered off like the growth has kind of stalled momentarily mm-hmm. oh I just thought of one with a supervisee asking midway through supervision are you getting what you need from mm-hmm. me I think I do that I ask are we reaching our goals right and I ask is this what you expected or exactly. did you want something different right and I think I ask that of clients and supervisees but I also think that I'm realizing through reading the article and talking with you that I sometimes am asking those questions to create an opportunity for me to give feedback, right? then I'm not, I mean, not that I'm not prepared for feedback, but that isn't my entire intention. Right. So I don't know that I leave enough time to get feedback. And I think I want to be more intentional about slowing down Mm -hmm. to give the other person an opportunity to give feedback. Like maybe for me, especially, I don't know why I wouldn't do this for other people. I know if someone asks me for feedback, I'm going to have to like rev up a little bit. Like I have to get a running start to give someone else feedback. So I think I need to appreciate that and other people or anticipate that someone else might need the same thing that I would need, giving them more time to work up to saying, no, Sarah, I really didn't want to do this. Right. This is not what I wanted. (laughs) This is not what I wanted. And that they might need more time to verbalize that. Right. I can see that definitely. What about with colleagues? I think sometimes I am in some realms really quick to ask for feedback. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, tell me what you think. I mean, I know I've even done it with you before. I really want conversation about it, right? I like to talk it through. And I'm smiling because this makes me, it's not a counseling specific example. It's just, it's a personal example, but it's totally applicable. In college, I had this roommate and one spring break, I, not we, (laughs) I decided the coolest thing would be to do a road trip around Texas and see all of our friends at all the other college campuses. Okay. So we were going to go to UT Austin Mm -hmm. and A&M and I can't remember where else, but we were going to have like four or five different stops along the week to see our different friends and greatest plan ever, obviously. (laughs) And 
And we start out on this road trip and it, I just had the most fun in these seven days, just right. nonstop fun. I loved every second of it. And I remember I drove, so we're driving home and we're maybe, I think we'd even taken the exit off the highway to get to our little apartment. And I'm just gushing because mm-hmm. I had just the best time ever. And the windows down and music playing. And I said, wasn't that the best week ever? And she said, I didn't really want to go. I went, <laughs> what? Um, which right now I'm thinking, you know, if I had slowed down for just a second to, to listen, to get some feedback right. on the plan or right. what I wanted to do, then I maybe would have heard from her before the very last mile of our right. trip that she didn't really want to go. And I remember even then saying, why didn't you tell me? And why didn't you tell me at any point? Right. At any point along the way. <laughs> along this trip, we drove. We could have just turned around and drove home. Yeah. So I just need to emphasize. Like to myself, down. slow down, right. give other people a chance to give feedback. Probably in a lot of situations, I just think my plan is so amazing. Well, you were really excited and you were ready to go. <laughs> just didn't yeah. hear the other side. Yeah. That's going to be my takeaway for the week. Slow down to allow for feedback from other people in order to build that confidence, in order to let them have the opportunity to say the thing that they think is important. Right. I think I'm going to be doing a check-in with my supervisees and mm-hmm. my clients and just see how are things going telehealth and then also yeah. therapy wise. Right. And giving both of you the opportunity to appreciate what you're doing well and acknowledge the things that you want to work on right. and build confidence. Mm-hmm. Thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.